This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. God, I ask you, you're going to help us, help us to grow today. And Lord, this, this time, I know you're speaking to us. You have brought us to this time. You have gathered us here. And Lord, I ask you for your goodness and your mercy to flow in our lives. Open your word now. And Lord, thank you for the souls that have already been saved today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So let me just set this, this idea for you. You know, sometimes when you go into a church, you never know how they, they act about things. You don't know what, what they do. And, but I was in a service one time. I'll never forget, I was a young man. It was a massive service. There's, there's you know, probably a couple thousand young people in this service, and, and I'm sitting on the front row. And this is a very, very, very conservative group of people, okay? I mean, they don't get excited in church. As a matter of fact, the quieter you are in that church, the faster the pastor preaches. It's the opposite here. Amen? And so I'm in this church, and I'll never forget that people were singing, and I could really feel the love of Jesus. And I, and I was like, well, there you are, Lord. And, and I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, son, raise your hands and worship me. I said, Lord, I know that's not you. <laughs> he said, son, raise your hands and worship me. I said, but Lord, I'm here in this these group of people who don't believe in that. And, and my best friend and his family, they go to this church, and I'm not going to embarrass him. And the Lord said, son, and, but Lord, this girl I've been trying to get to go out with me is right here. And the Lord pricked my heart. Have you ever had that sick feeling of, will you not obey me? So in faith, I did what every good person who listens to God does when they step out in faith. I closed my eyes as tight as I could close them, <laughs> shot both hands in the air and just, okay, God, I love you more than all this. And I just kept my eyes just, I'm talking painfully closed. <laughs> and, and there was no shouts of, you know, drag him from the building. And I remember I, I did what was deeply spiritual at the moment. I opened one eye. And I looked beside me, and that whole row had their hands in the air. And, and I opened the other eye, and, and, I, and the whole building was worshiping God. Listen to me. See, sometimes we, we don't obey God because we don't know what the result's going to be. We don't know what the response is going to end up being. And so we struggle and we don't obey God. But God has given me a message this weekend, and it's very pastoral. It's not that evangelistic, but it's very pastoral and to encourage you in finding out what proper altar etiquette is. Okay? What proper altar etiquette is. And we're in a series called Altered, like I've been changed, Altered, but that it happens at an altar. And so uh, we're going to dive into the Word, and then we're going to find out how are you really supposed to behave at an altar. 
Genesis chapter 8, verse number 15 reads like this. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons, and your sons' wives with you. In other words, he says, I know you found safety in the ark, but now it's time to come out from the ark. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And how many of you ladies think the creeping things should have stayed? Come on, amen. So that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out. I want you to notice that God says it's time to go out. And Noah goes out and his sons and his wives and his son's wives and with them and every animal, every creeping thing, every bird and whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, went out of the ark. And then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal. Somebody said, well, how did he take from the animals? That there are only two. But every clean animal, there were seven, Scripture tells us. Seven of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled. Notice that. The Lord smelled a soothing aroma. And then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. We're in a series on this altered topic. We picked our, 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 our passage that we're trying to, to get into our lives from Exodus chapter 30 and verse number 1 that says, make an altar. That God is looking for someone who will carve out time and a place in their lives to meet with Him. That God didn't just save us so that one day He could meet us in heaven, but God saved us so that He could walk with us and talk with us, so that the power of His Spirit could indwell us and we could be changed forever. God wants to have a relationship with us. Go figure, we are His children. And He wants us walking in that. Here's what we've been learning through this series, though. We've been learning that God uses altars to alter us. That God's looking for people who are not afraid to come to an altar or to make an altar in their home and in their lives because it's at that altar that God's going to make the changes that you need made in your lives. You know, when I go to an altar in, in my house in the morning, I have a place. I've got about three places that I like to pray. I've got the place I pray when I'm in a hurry. I've got the place I pray when I'm, I'm tired. And then I have the place that when things are serious, I go. In this series, I've been going every day to my serious place. I've been going every day to where I, I just want to be alone with God. I just want to make a connection with God. And can I tell you that, that in that place, I would love to tell you that the glory of God is coming down there. I read a book when I was a young man about this pastor who we pray so radically that his family didn't even want to walk by the door because the presence of God was so strong in his study. I would love to tell you that's the way it is, but that's not the matter of fact. My family constantly opens the door and says, feed me. Come on now. Little Charlie has learned that if, if, if he really, really, really wants to hurry me along, he comes and prays with me. Come on now, man. But you know what? God's doing something in that place. 
Because I go into that room with the wrong attitude and many times God starts dealing with me at that moment. But here's the problem. What I've learned is a lot of people, no matter what, won't try something new because they're afraid. They don't know what you're supposed to do. It's sort of like coming to a church like this where people do this. We had one lady come and she said, I just love your church. Everybody's waving at the pastor. Amen. But they put their hands in the air. I, I love it because you know what the Bible says about this? You know why we lift our hands in church? Is because the Bible says an uplifted hand blesses God. He nailed his to a tree. How many of us can do this for him? Come on now. Amen. God's good to us. But you know what I love from this, this angle, watching you step into that? See, even then, some of you are like, hallelujah. You want to worship God? But you're not sure what, I mean, is that like plugging into a light socket? What is that? You don't know what to do. And so it's amazing. It always starts like this. And then you get deeply spiritual. It moves more like this. And then one day you just, you just go, touchdown, glory to God. And you know what? You realize that you're not out of order. You're not out of place. And you too affect the atmosphere around you. Well, coming to an altar, how am I supposed to be in an altar? I mean, I've watched people go down there and fall on their knees and sob. Am I, am I supposed to fall on my knees and sob? Am I supposed to go down there and, and, and shake or dance? I mean, because trust me, you do not want me to dance anywhere. But what am I supposed to do? And because we don't know what we're supposed to do, we don't come to the front or we don't even make an altar in our homes. We, we don't go before God because we really don't know how to go before God. And so the, in this simple message today, I, I want to address just a few of those things to show you how you're supposed to go before God. Because the, the, I want you to understand what God is speaking to us. Now here in our story, Noah has just left the ark. As he's leaving the ark, I mean, this, this is a serious moment. It's been years, decades literally, that he's been building the ark. And after decades of building the ark, now all of a sudden he's coming out of the ark. And he's come through 40 days and 40 nights of, of, of tumultuous sea. Anybody else ever been on a horrible sea and gotten seasick? Yeah, you will pray to die. You will. I'm telling you, I was out there one time and it was so bad. And I'll never forget, I, I was sharing a bucket with somebody. I said, kill me now, God. Do you know who showed up on that boat? The enemy himself. I'll never forget the voice that I heard on that boat. He said, he said, well, the Bible says you'll do greater things. Why don't you calm this ocean like Jesus did? And boy, an answer jumped in my heart just like, boom. I said, because if I calm this ocean, that crazy captain's going to want to stay out here and I'm going back to land. <laughs> when I got off, I, kicked the, I kissed the earth and said, Lord, I shall stay here. You know what? Imagine how they must have felt after 40 days and 40 nights of that. Then a hundred more days on the ark, and it's finally time to come out. And God says, okay, it's not only a start over for you, it's a start for all of mankind. It's, it's a new beginning for everybody. But they're absolutely mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually exhausted. And God says, all right, here's the time. Let's get started. And what are you going to do first? What are you going to do first when you step out and you're out of the ark finally? What do you do first? Well, here's what Noah does. Are you ready for this? Noah builds an altar. 
The first thing he does is he, build an, he builds an altar. Let me just make this really, really plain with, for you, that when you step into change seasons of your life, what we need to do is stop asking everybody else what they think, and what we need to do is build an altar in our life and let God start making the alterations in our lives because when our life is altered, we need to make an altar. Amen. We need to say, God, I need to hear from you right now more than any other time in my life. I need you to speak to me. I need you to give me guidance. I need you, God, to move in my life. And then God begins to move in our lives because when, we, when our life changes, we make that altar, what happens is God begins to do something amazing. He begins to speak into who we are. And I know what some of you are saying. You're going, Pastor, I, I would love to make an altar, but I, how do you even make an altar? I mean, I told you where, what mine is. Mine is an ottoman in a room that's my study and my, my private place that I get along to get along with God. And then when I get into there, there's that one ottoman. There's one way when I'm praying in the chair, it means things are going good. But when I turn toward the ottoman, it means I need heaven to move. You see, it's not about you building something out of wood and stone. It's about you making time and making room for God in your life. Because we must carve out space in our lives to encounter God. I know that sounds strange for us to talk about that in church, but the reality of it is we should be talking about this in church all the time. God wants to encounter you. God wants you. And most of you are going, but I don't know what to do. I, I don't know how to approach God. Well, when you come to a new altar or you come to a new stage of your life and you come to a new place, these new beginnings are going to require new postures. Okay? It's going to require new postures. You've got to figure out how to approach God. So here's what happens. And what I want you to notice first, we're going to learn it from Noah's life. At this monumental moment, here's what we see from Noah. Are you ready for this? The very first thing I want you to see is the Bible says that God spoke to Noah. God spoke to him. If we're going to come to an altar, watch this, we need to have a posture of listening because God is speaking. Do you know what I do when I ride with someone in a car or sit in an office with someone who doesn't speak? I speak double time. It becomes my job in this universe to fill the empty space. If you're sitting there and you're quiet, I promise you, your ears will almost be bleeding by the time we get where we're going because I'm going to talk, 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 talk. I'm going to ask you questions that I'm going to answer for you. Because I don't do the quiet time very well. I want to be talking. I want to be communicating. She'll tell you, as long as I'm talking, everything's all right. The minute I get quiet, we got a problem. Well, guess what? Most of us approach God that way. We want to fill the empty time. We want to fill it. And God says, no, 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 no. Be still and know that I am God. Come in listening. Let God speak to your heart. Because I can tell you what's going to happen when you approach God. Are you ready for this? He's going to start showing you areas of your life that need to be altered. Every time, every time I feel like God shows up at my altar, the first thing that I do is sort of what Isaiah said. He said, whoa, 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 it's me. I said, God, change me. God, change me. And go, some of you are going, that's why I'm not going to an altar, because I don't want to be changed. You need to realize something. You will either deal with your sin or your sin will deal with you. Right, 
reminds me, I was in a place called Atabazi. Say that with me. Atabazi. Atabazi is in a, a remote area toward the Ivory Coast of, of, of Ghana, Africa. And, and in Atabazi, we have a church. Todd has preached there. It's way out, way out in the middle of nowhere. These fields, way out. I, I was like, could we not have built a church in town? But in that remote area, there are the, there's this little tiny road, but there's these, these trenches beside the road. And I asked somebody, I said, why out here in the middle of nowhere are there, there are these large trenches beside the road? And he said, well, pastor, because of the rainy season. When the rainy season comes, these trenches fill with water. I said, oh, that's okay. I get it now. He said, let me tell you a story. He said, last year during the rainy season, a crocodile came up the trench. Now you have my attention. First off, I was glad it wasn't rainy season. He, I said, well, what happened? He said he positioned himself at the place to where the children would cross over the trench to get to the church. I'm like, what in the world? I said to him, what did you do? And he looked at me like, I, like you Westerners, why don't you get anything? He said, well, we ate it. <laughs> I said, you ate it? He said, yes, pastor. You either eat it or it eats, eats you. You will either deal with your sin or your sin will deal with you. And so it's at an altar that the first thing that you need to do is say, God, here I am. What do you want to do in me? What do you want to change? How do I need to be shifted to be more like Jesus? And so we come and we want to hear God. Because life is going to throw us all kinds of changes. And you need a word from God. Because when life throws you a change, you're either going to respond to the voice of the Lord or you're going to react to your circumstances. It's going to be one or the other. You'll either stand on what God's Word says and everyone will say to you, well, I don't know how you're still standing. I don't know how you're still serving God. I don't know how you still love that woman. I don't know how you still live with that man. I don't know how you... You'll say, but you don't understand. I heard from the Lord. Do you know what I believe kept Peter up when he stepped out of the boat to walk towards Jesus? It wasn't a molecular change in the water, but it was the word of Jesus that said, come. And when he stepped forward, he stepped out on the word. The word will keep you no matter what. The word will keep you. Now imagine this. He's now heard from the Lord. He's come out. He's built an altar. So what do you do at an altar? Are you ready? You make sacrifice. So, when you come to your altar, you're going to have to take a posture of sacrifice. Three services, not one amen at that moment. Why? Because nobody wants to give up. No one wants to let it go. Because you see, here's what happens. When I come to my altar, I come upset at somebody... I come frustrated about something. I'm dealing with something that I've been carrying, dragging, holding dear to me, keeping close to me. But if I'm really going to come to an altar and I'm going to offer sacrifice, then at, at that place of sacrifice, what I have to do is I have to let go Amen. of whatever I'm holding on to. And I have to say, God, I need you to change my life. And I know that 
I can't take what you have for me as long as I've got all this junk in my hands and I've got all this burden on my back. I'm struggling, so I've got to lay some things down. And so when I come to an altar, an altar is where things have to die and it's where my pride has to, has to bow. It's where my grief has to be turned over to his grace. It's where my, my strength has to arise because I no longer allow what has pulled me back of shame and, and, and struggles and depression and all of those kind of things called guilt and, and those, those burdens of anger and those things I I take all of that and I say, God, I don't know what to do with this, but here. Now watch this. I'm about to show you the greatest truth that I found in this passage. Watch this. Here. In the moment that I give, it opens up my life. Pastor, will God take my problems? What did he say? Cast your cares on me because I care for you. Give it to me. I'll take it. And then I'll give you back something that's a whole lot better to carry. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He said, in order to come to a, a, an altar, he had to make sacrifice. Some of, and people were like, well, how in the world did he make sacrifice? Remember, there were seven of all the clean animals. And he, it's not the best way to start something. If God tells you to, to, to allow the earth to replenish, you don't start by killing one-seventh of all the good stuff. But I want you to see something I've never seen before. Watch what he's doing. Here's what he says. He says, we've got a job to do. We've got a world to change. We've got something to reestablish. Watch this. Watch this. This is important for you. This is super important. I want you to get this. Here's where you start when you don't know where to start. He says, the most important thing is to honor God. And put God first. Because when you put God first, everything else is going to change. Now, here's what I had never seen before. I want you to watch this. Watch this for just a moment. Where are we? We are post-flood. The ark has rested. And, and the flood came because of the judgment of God upon the sin of mankind, the sin upon the earth. Can Let me just tell you that the flood did not make God happy. Watch this. The flood did not satisfy his desire. I'm talking to somebody. Watch this, watch. Because the Bible says that as he gave up, as he gave up everything that he had, he said, God, you are more important than anything. You're more important than me being right, me being justified, me getting revenge. You are more important than that. Here it is, God, it's all yours. Watch what happens. The Bible says that God, I can actually show you what God did at this point. Are you ready? This is what God did. Ready? Here we go. Oh, that smells good. Pastor, how do you, how do you, because the Bible says that God went, God went what? Y'all are good. God smelled the aroma of the sacrifice. And when God smelled the aroma of the sacrifice, it became worship. And when it became worship, here's what God said. Oh my. Because Noah says, God, I know we've got a lot to do, and I know my life needs fixing, and I know we've got to build this, and we've got to fix that, and all this has got to be done. He said, but God, you're first. And the reason we ended up in the trouble we ended up in is because we didn't keep you first. So God, from the start, we're going to put you first. And by putting God first, watch what happens. God goes, oh my, 
and not after the flood. But then God said, I will never judge the earth like this again. Then. See, what does that mean? What that tells me is no matter how much you pay for your sins, it's never going to be enough. See, some of you are living thinking, i got to struggle, i got to go through this problem, i got to do this because I hadn't paid enough for what, how I let God down. No, you will never pay enough. The only price that, that could be paid was the blood of Jesus Christ that's already been shed on Calvary for you and I. That's the only hope, the only joy, the only peace. But I want you, here's what you need to see. Instead of carrying all... See, somebody came in here today and you're ready for vengeance. You're out for blood. You're out for a struggle. You're going through something and you've got it all in your hands and you're going, okay, God, we're going to fix this situation. Can I tell you where you're going to fix it? At an altar. When you fall before him and you go, God, I can't fix any of this on my own. I give it all to you. Lord, just let me be who you want me to be. And when I begin to become who God wants me to be in every single situation in my life, whether I'm being done right or whether I'm being done wrong, I plant my feet and I become determined it's you, God, and it's you only. See, that's the alteration at an altar and then God says this I can work with and this I can bless and I can move for your good see an altar is a place of offering see that's what an altar really is it's where we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else is added to us in his time so if you're seeking after something else and God's speaking directly to some of you today I feel it he's speaking to us clearly there's some things we need to let down And we need to say, God, I can't fix my situation. All I can do is invite you into my life in a greater way. All I can do is invite you. Because watch this. It's after the sacrifice. It's after the worship. God makes the declaration. And then what does he throw in the sky? The rainbow. They didn't come out of the ark to a sky of rainbows. They came out of the ark to an opportunity to honor God. And when they chose to honor God, then God said, here's the blessing. What are you going to do to build an altar? It means you're going to learn to worship God. You're going to put Him first, and you're going to keep Him central in your life. You're going to take a posture of worship. Because listen to me carefully. Blessings are found at an altar. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.